Um, uh, well, if you can, uh, if somebody can get my iPad from upstairs. <laughs> but I can go off uh, from the top of my head, and we can start reading. Okay, so what has happened? Uh, I've called it. Jesus gets encouraged. Um, and what has just what had just happened before? It was this, we, we had this. Jesus was so challenging last week. He had just told his disciples that he was going to die. Oh no, no, it's because I have my notes. But thank you, thank you, uh, thank you, Satu. He was just going. He had just told. Well, first two weeks ago, Peter just said, "Jesus, you are the Messiah. You are the Christ." And Jesus says, yes, that is true. And your father has told you that. And you are blessed. Then Jesus, for the first time, directly tells his disciples that I am actually going to die. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm actually going to die and rise again. All Peter here is that Jesus is going to die. He doesn't want his friend and Messiah to die. So he says, no, 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 that shall never be. And then Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. You're not setting the things of God, but the things of man. Then Jesus goes into this discourse that sounds so foreign to us, but he's really inviting us in, into himself, into true life, this graceful invitation, a gracious invitation to deny ourselves take up our cross and follow him. And then he ends by saying, but some some of you will not see, or some of you will not die until you see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Then we start reading today's text. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and the clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to him Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here. One for you and one for Moses and one for Elisha. He was still speaking when behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And a voice from the cloud said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and have no fear. And when they lifted their eyes, they saw none but only but Jesus only. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, Tell no one the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. And the disciples asked him, why then do the scribes say that Elijah must come first 
And he answered, Elijah does come. And he will restore all things. But I tell you that Elijah has already come. And he did not rec- and they did not recognize him. But did to him whatever they pleased. So also the Son of Man will certainly suffer at their hands. And the disciples understood that he was talking about John the Baptist. I don't know about you, but I was getting the goosebumps when I was reading about how how the cloud involved them, how they fell on their faces. So I, I did title the... I did title the message Jesus gets encouraged but what we try to do when we're speaking and it's really to encourage us to see who Jesus is to see who God is and so that's my hope and my prayer as we are going to go through this passage like I'm going to say at some point this is uh, I'm going to say that Elijah says it but it's speculation but that what we're going to see is a partly is part um, partly co- what's it called partly a culmination of history until this point. This was what everyone has been looking for so far, and and that in Jesus's transfiguration we visibly see that Jesus is not just a man. And maybe I'm getting way ahead of myself when I actually find my notes at some point. But, but because Jesus is not, um, Jesus being transfigured and altered, it's, it's not like when Moses was on the mountain. God's glory rubs on off on him. But here, God's glory is in Jesus. And it comes out of him. But let's just start from the beginning. So, um, a few days, six days, um, Six, six days pass and Jesus picks these three some people say it's the inner circle the three closest and it does it does it, it does seem like that and he takes them to him they are privy to some things that some of the other disciples are not the healing of the of the um, synagogue's ruler's uh, daughter and, and other things Now I was just thinking, why don't he? Why doesn't he take all the twelve? Are they taking naps? What are they doing at this point? Then I read the next verse and found out that they're actually ministering down in the valley as they come down next week, so they're not just sleeping and not doing anything. But he doesn't take them all. Then I was thinking about, well, why does he take any of them? 
because sometimes Jesus would redraw by himself and, and spend time with his father. Well, and that I think that they needed somebody to witness this. And so he picks these three. Peter, James, and John goes with him up the mountain. And now now I'm going to see if I can find all these slides. What mountain? We're not sure. Those three three are good guesses. Herman, Turber, or Merman. Those three are good guesses because they're in the vicinity of that place. Um, So it's one of those mountains. They go up up a high mountain. And what what, what happens up there? We can go back. What happens up there is what we talked about is like Jesus' clothes turns and becomes like rays of sun. His face shines like the sun. And even though that wouldn't make our hearts and minds go like, what is happening? As, as Peter starts to speak, then all of a sudden, all of a sudden the... No, that's not true. One thing at a time. That happens, and then Jesus gets a visit. He gets a visit from Moses and Elijah. The law, of, the law and the prophets show up. So why do those two guys show up? They're going to show, they're going to come and encourage him for this next part of his ministry the one that's leading him to the cross as he has professed that this is where he's going. And if that was us, sometimes we can try to, like if I was on the mountain, would I be like Peter? I would just ask, hey, should I make tents and different things? Or or would our minds just have such a hard time to understand what's going on? Like so Peter, he speaks up there and he, he, he starts talking, but... As he's still speaking, this cloud of God's presence overshadows them, and God the Father speaks. This is where Jesus gets extremely encouraged. It echoes what the Father said at his baptism. He reaffirms Jesus in his identity. That he is loved by the Father. And that the disciples should listen to him. He says it this way. He says, this is my beloved son. This is my son that I love. And I am well pleased with him. So up till now, Jesus is like, he's done his ministry. He's on the right way. God comes and it affirms his identity. You are my son. And you know what? You're not just my son. You're doing well. I'm proud of you. And everybody else, you should listen to him. And there's this, uh, can you take the slide from Second Peter, the green one? <clears throat> now, Peter gets so much... Uh, <laughs> 
we we see him. It's not he's not a clown person, but he he just keeps speaking when maybe it would be smarter not to speak. But when he's writing his letter, he references this event that he was there and he saw God's glory. So Peter, he says, writing in Second Peter, for we did not follow clever device myths when we made known to you the power and coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We were eyewitnesses to his majesty. When he received honor and glory from the Father, and then the, about, the voice was born to him in his majesty glory. This is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. And he says, I heard, we ourselves heard this, this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. So Peter, looking back on this event, writes this to prove to other people that Jesus is the Son of God, the Christ, the Lord. So that's why, at least why people was there, that he got encouraged to follow Jesus and to share other people this story. That this is not just something we made up. I saw it. I heard it. I saw God's, glo- God's glory in Jesus. I heard the voice of the Father. We've not made this up. This is real. Uh, but that's not exactly what he's thinking on the mountain. Because <laughs> on the mountain, the, the three guys are terrified. They fall on their faces. It's too much for them. They cannot handle the glory. They cannot handle the clouds. The, the voice of the Father, they all fall, or the three of them fall to the ground, terrified. We can just, if we're thinking about this situation, say, would I be like Peter and talk about the 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 the, the tents or what was going to happen if we saw this? Well, the testimony of Scripture is we will be laying on our faces because it will be too much for any of us. But then we see the kindness and goodness of Jesus. He knows it's too much for them, but they get to see this glimpse. They are terrified. One word that we have heard, which is in some sense have been so offensive so far, is that Jesus touches people. He touches the lepers. He touches the unclean. And in verse 7, he comes and he touches the disciples because they are so afraid that they need him to touch them and say, rise, and his words ring, have no fear. <laughs> Rightly, they are terrified. They've seen the glory of the Lord through Jesus. They were terrified, but Jesus comes to them and say, rise and have no fear. His disciples look up 
Moses and Elijah are gone. And they see Jesus. What in the world are they thinking, the disciples at this point? What about us? It's the glory is so intense of what they just saw. And now they've seen the kindness of Jesus come and touch them and say, have no fear. So how can we have a view of God that he's so holy, so we can't even be close. But then we also see him come and touch us and say, have no fear. I think in our everyday, it's very easy to to run to the Jesus Jesus saying, "Have no fear" all the time, and maybe sometimes forget that God is so holy and glorious that we cannot even stand before Him. But we have to remember that it's only by the grace of the Lord that we can come before Holy God, even in prayer. That Jesus has made this this way for us that we can by the Holy Spirit pray. And even we hear the testimony of the Bible saying that when Jesus comes back, none of us is going to be standing up. We're all going to be on knees. And that doesn't matter if we believe in Jesus or not. We will all be on the knees. This holy God also comes to us and lays his hands on us on us and says have no fear so then then the, this part is over and they start walking down the mountain and then Jesus he commands them you are to say nothing about what just happened that probably would be a little bit difficult I mean, if, if you would have a word to describe what happened, maybe they didn't even have that. But you've just seen this amazing thing. You've been, laying on the, you've been laying on the ground in fear, and Jesus just picked you up from the ground. And as you're walking down, he's saying, yeah, you're not going to say anything to anyone. And then when can you say something? Then he says, until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. And I'm just not sure they get that part either. <laughs> Like, uh, because the question is not about that. Their, the next question is the the question about Elijah. They, they they talk about how they are slightly confused that Elijah is supposed to come first, and because that's what they have read in Malachi, and what the scribes teach that in Malachi four five that 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 Elijah was come first. And then Jesus says, yeah, the scribes were right. Yeah. And he, he, he says that Elijah did come. But the scribes and the rulers, they didn't recognize him, and they rejected him. And he ended up getting killed by, by Herod. And so after Jesus says this, he didn't say he got killed by Herod, but he said that they rejected him. Then the disciples understand that Jesus is talking about John. 
And uh, I think I have a PowerPoint with John, might be pinkish, something like that. Uh, because Jesus said this some, um, some chapters ago, when they're talking about John, for all the prophets and the law are prophesied until John. And if you're willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has the ears to hear, let him hear. So Matt, not Matthew, you know, Matthew has uh, said, uh, has written that Jesus said this before, that, that John was in the spirit of Elijah. Now, now this interesting part is what Jesus says about that in the end where he says, they did whatever they pleased. And so also the Son of Man will certainly suffer at their hands. Jesus is saying, John did come and, and prepare the way. But John also showed what was going to happen. He also showed what was going to happen to Jesus. That he would also be rejected. And that he would also die. Now, when we're looking at this text and and just thinking about these things, and we talked last time about Jesus, how he's asking us to, asking and challenging us into new life, to this, this gracious invitation to deny ourselves, to take up our cross and follow him. John, Peter, and James were on that mountain. So that if we were in doubt about who God, who Jesus is, we now give a picture of Jesus is in, in his glory. His face is shining like the sun. His clothes are rays of white, just like rays of the sun. This is who is asking the disciples to deny themselves, take up their cross and follow. Not just some random rabbi, with no power but the promised Messiah so talking about <laughs> talking about the two people like come to meet Jesus on the mountain so to Moses comes and he comes to encourage we don't know what they talked about but just bear with me for a little while <laughs> Jesus himself gets somehow encouraged by Moses. Moses was looking forward to Jesus coming. Moses was viewed as this great leader of the nation, the one who received the law. And the one people sometimes says, Moses is the one we trust in. But Moses trusted in Jesus. Moses had a lot of experience in people rejecting him and God. He had like plus four, 40 years of experience. Now Moses didn't make it into the promised land because he got mad and frustrated. But he probably had some encouraging words for Jesus. Something like, I know your disciples are kind of not all they don't understand you and they 
they don't get what you're trying to do and and they are they will actually also probably they'll probably forsake you and run away when you need them the most and there's going to be people who want to kill you because that's what they wanted to do with me but Jesus hold on to the prize and trust in God the plan that you've made with God you know what because we all really need you to do it this is the only way Elijah's life was a, was a hard life of a prophet most of his life he's hunted down he's hunted by the king who accused him of stopping the rain and being a troubler of Israel so most of the time God protects him and he moves him around and, and people are kind of afraid of Elijah and then then Elijah confronts Ahab and says you're the troubler and then let's have a showdown we have this great showdown on the prophet uh, on the Mount Carmel where the prophet the Baal who was the fertility rain god was going to answer but he doesn't but the true God answers by fire, licks up everything. He rounds up all the Baal prophets by the sea and he kills them all with a sword. Seems like a great victory. Then at the same time, he promises that rain will come. Small crowd coming and then later it starts raining. But then Jezebel threatens him. He gets scared and he runs away a hundred miles. Elijah feels alone. He cries to God, I'm the only one who worships you. And he asks to die. He may have had a few words of encouragement to Jesus too. You know, people are really not going to believe in your wonders even when your father sends sends um, fire from heaven they'll still reject God and you but God is faithful and I along with Moses will ask you to be faithful even more than we were we need you to finish this and make all things new yes you know it's a painful road ahead you will feel abandoned by all even by God. You'll be close to despair and you will ask for another way. But you know what needs to happen. This is the culmination of history you are walking towards. Like I say, we don't know what they said. But they encouraged Jesus. But whatever they said, not so important as what God the Father speaks. He speaks again to Jesus' identity and he affirms who Jesus is. He instructs the disciples and he encourages them, encourages them to speak. He encourages Jesus to speak the works that he gets from his Father. So, 
as we look into this passage, what is it that you see about who Jesus is? I'm hoping that you are praying that you're seeing that Jesus is so different than anyone else. So it's my encouragement. Every time we preach and teach, it's my encouragement. You will see something more beautiful, wonderful about who Jesus is. And that you'll be affirmed in who Jesus is. That you'll be encouraged to know who he is and that we can trust him. I've talked about what I'm going to talk about, I think, many times, and maybe it is one of the biggest problems or challenges in our, in our society. It's about identity. Where do you get identity from? I am a very simple person, so I believe there's two identities we have. All people are made in the image of God, therefore they have value, worth, and dignity. So we should treat all people like they're made in the image of God problem with that is we have all rebelled against God and have now become the children of wrath we are in darkness and in our sins but God makes a way for us to be restored in Jesus so there's something else not just made in the image of God but in Jesus we can be a child of God adopted be a part of the new creation Jesus affirms that As we, he affirms us as we trust in his life and his death and his resurrection and his coming back. Rejection of Jesus proves that we are still children of wrath and in rebellion and we're living for our own kingdom. The good news for all is the good news and encouragement is to look to Jesus just like we did today. He in his glory. He in his work. The Father's love for you displayed in who Jesus is in his life and his death and his resurrection. So the question for us today becomes where is your identity? Is it in Jesus? Or is it not? Are you a child of wrath? Or are you a child of God? The same call as the last two weeks is Come, deny yourself, and follow Jesus. How is this confirmed? Affirmed the same words God speaks to Jesus. We are living for the words of Jesus saying to us, Good work, faithful servant. That's lived out when we live out our faith. How do we do it? Like the Father said, listen to him. We show we are children of wrath when we say, I don't care about what Jesus says. We show that we are children of wrath because the Father says, listen to him. We show it by listening to the Jesus' teaching and living them out. So if you don't, if you say, no, I know better than Jesus, then you prove that, you prove you don't know Jesus. 
You also prove that you're not going to take up your cross and follow Jesus because you think you're you're better than Jesus because you're not going to listen to him. But instead, the invitation is to come listen to Jesus. Hear his encouragement. Hear how he was encouraged today. And how we are encouraged in who he is. And what he's going to do. This is the road to the cross. This is the road to the culmination of the history so far. In how God shows his love for us. We show by living out Jesus' teaching and listening to him. So how will we encourage one another? We encourage one another with speaking this identity to one another, saying, hey, remember when everything is stinky. You know what? You've given your life to Jesus. You're living this life. You have the identity of the child of God. You, Jesus is with you. Being affirmed that we are in Christ and with him. Calling on Christ. And we ask other people to get to know Jesus and his teaching and to live them out. If we just take a few moments so here in the end, and I think you know this better than I do about yourself, how has God encouraged you through the text today with who Jesus is and who God is. How has he done that through your life? How has God shown you how amazing he is and his love for you in Jesus? How does he do that even daily? How can we encourage one another daily? Maybe some of your answers would be by daily reading God's word, hearing Jesus speak, by praying with God, by worshiping God, by worshiping and serving and giving and living it out for my neighbors. And denying myself taking up my cross and following Jesus into true life. This is my encouragement to you from this text that we had today where Jesus is encouraged in his identity. My prayer is that you through this would have understood and seen even better who Jesus is. And if you are a child of wrath today, I will ask you to consider Repent and turn to Jesus. Because however amazing you are, you are not Jesus. And you are not full of the glory of God in the same way. So it's Jesus' call back to you. Now for us who believe, I mean, I got goosebumps when I read it. You're reading how amazing God is. 
this world might be chaos like it's been for a very long time. And I think each generation thinks it's too, now it's too bad. Yeah, it was worse before. It's probably as worse as it has always been. <laughs> but there's one thing that's above all of it. That's who God is. And we see the best picture of who God is and who Jesus is. We'll get there. But his life, his death, and his resurrection, his coming back, proves how amazing Jesus is. So that's my encouragement to you today. So let's, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, amazing Lord God, we thank you. <laughs> thank you that we can read your word. Thank you that we can get the words of Jesus through Matthew. Thank you we can read about how you, how you come and encourage your son Jesus. How you show Peter, James, and John, and now us. How glorious and amazing Jesus is. Not the power and majesty that he is and how much he humbled himself, how much obedient he was and is. How you encouraged him again in his identity and in, in his progress and in his, what he was speaking and what he was doing. But I do pray you would encourage each of us to have our hearts and mind be overwhelmed with who you are. Open it up for the Holy Spirit for us to see and be so overwhelmed that it overwhelms us in this world where we sometimes get, get so frustrated at everything. May you overwhelm us even more with who you are. Lord, we pray for people who don't believe or have rejected you. We pray that again that a call comes out through us and through you, Jesus, to come and repent and instead of being a child of God, becoming a child of God. Lord for us who believe Lord help us to believe it even more put layer upon layer of how you show us who you are we ask that and just thank you and praise you for for doing it through your word through doing it through the song through doing it through the time of fellowship that we have together and Lord just thank you for this place and these people we have people from all over the world just a small piece of what all you're doing. So we thank you, and we praise you, and give you all glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> and so, that was the encouragement. And I'll just ask, just a little bit like what Mara said, you need somebody to pray with you, you need somebody to just talk to, you need somebody, what in the world did you say? Of course I'm willing to, to talk to talk and we can talk about it so just come and talk and also you like hey I love the rocket thing like the prayer thing I would like somebody else to pray with some more things just maybe just sit back and ask somebody to pray with you don't run away and also also because you shouldn't run away from a Dutch cooked meal so there will be a dinner afterwards so so please come and join us for that as well now let's stand up and be encouraged by the words of Jude um, as he writes. 
Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, the Lord, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen.